Good morning, everyone. Pastor Tim here with you, and I'm so glad to be able to spend a few minutes with you again this morning as we dive into today's message. And we're in a a series right now called Join the Journey. And because this is our 40th anniversary coming up this year, I thought it'd be great for us to just start the year out by going through our core values and what really makes us who we are as a Lamb of God family. And later this year, we're going to be celebrating a name change as we rebrand and reconnect and just refresh ourselves for the purpose that God has for our lives in this generation. Uh, You know, 40 in the Bible is the number that's used for a generation. So as we turn the corner on our first 40 years, I want to invite all of you to join the journey for the next years that God has for us together, because there's a great purpose and a great need for the church to be alive in God in these days that we're living in. Would you agree with me? And so uh, let me just kind of do a quick review of the different core values that we've gone through. And today is our last core value that we're going to cover in this series. Okay. So the first one was scripture. And the tagline there is we are learning and living the truth. So let me read this passage from you. Proverbs 3, 13 to 18. It says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, who those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. And so, as a family of God, we are passionate about the Scriptures, not just to learn them, but to embody them, to be infused with them, because God's Word brings life to us. And may you be blessed as you study and memorize and put into practice God's Word in your life. Second core that we've uh, talked about, is the core uh, core value of excellence. And I've been using this tag for, uh, tagline, everything we do is an act of worship. And so because of that, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord uh, and as a reward. And it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So Christians should be known. We should be known. Uh, you know, as the hardest workers with the greatest work ethic, the best positive attitudes, the highest level of integrity and creativity, because we know that all that we do is worship. It's worship to God. Our lives matter and we have a purpose. And no matter what, uh, what we find ourselves doing, whether it's work or fun or uh, serving, uh, anything that we do, it is worship to God. That's why We want to be excellent at that. We're worshiping God and we're inspiring others to know God, to point people to God as well. Okay. The third core value is charismatic. We are spirit-filled and spirit-directed. In other words, we have a relationship with God, not a religion to get to God. We are with God. God is with us. He is in us. His spirit lives within us. We are the temple of his presence on the earth. And uh, John 3.37, Jesus said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And so the summary here is that charismatic or the word charisma really is the grace of God in us, his presence in us, flowing through us for others. Because God 
wants to get to each and every one of us, and he chooses to use his people to do that. So you are a pipeline. You are an avenue. uh, You're a conduit of God's presence on the earth to those around you. And so the world doesn't need a religion, does not need a new and improved me or you. It needs God in me, God in you. That's what the world needs. And then uh, last week, Megan shared on our core value, number four, of freedom. And we are pursuing fullness and that will yield to fruitfulness in Christ. We want all that Christ is in us. And God is unwinding us from the sin and the bondage of the past, and he's setting us free. And as we become more and more who God made us to be, we become more fruitful of God as well. Christ, more of Christ, Paul said, and less of me. Or John the Baptist said that. More of him, less of me. And, to, and so that's our, our cry of our heart as well. John eight thirty six. Jesus said, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And freedom is not about being free to do whatever you want to do, uh, but it's about having the ability to be who God has made us to be. That's true freedom. And when you are who God made you to be, you are fully alive and you become fruitful in Christ. Uh, I was studying uh, Hebrew this last week and I came across this idea. In the Hebrew language, when you look at the original language, there are different literary techniques that is used to emphasize different things. And one of those techniques is to put one word in juxtaposition to another word and compare it so that you can see what the meaning is a little clearer when you look at the opposite of that word. And so one of those pairings is the word blessing and the word cursing. And in Hebrew, the word cursing means to be bound, limited, restricted, okay? And that comes from a result of sin. So sin or the curse because of sin has bound us, restricted us, limited us, and we're not fully who we were made to be. And so what does that teach us about the word blessing? That blessing isn't just that good things are happening to you, but that you are free, you are unbound by sin, you are unlimited by sin, you are unrestricted by sin, and all of the labels that have been put on you, all of the shame and guilt that you have suffered with, sickness and disease, brokenness and soul wounds, all of the effects that our sin has done to us and to other people around us, God wants to set us free from that, to unbound us from those things so that we are free without any insecurities or fears, without any you know, addictions or hang-ups, Without any lack whatsoever, that's blessing and that's freedom. And that's what God has for you and he has for me. And whoever the sun sets free is really free, is truly free, is free indeed. True freedom is being who God called you to be, having the power and ability to be who God made you to be. That's true freedom. And that's what we desire to be here at the Lamb of God Fellowship. Can I get an amen? Come on. So we are on that process. Of course, it's a lifelong journey, but there's a big chunk of that that can happen as you press into the freedom that God has for you. And the more freedom you access, the more fruitfulness you'll begin to see in your life. Okay. Now today, I want to talk about my favorite topic and my favorite core value. Not that it's more important than others, but if it was, this would be the one, okay? This would be the one. It really is the number one core value of what I believe in the kingdom of God. And it is 
You guessed it. Love. Love. And our church is all about love. And uh, so I want to talk about that today. And the tagline I want you to, to, to remember here when we think about the core value of love is see a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it. If you can do that in your lifetime and you see a need and you meet it, you find a hurt and you do everything you can to heal it, you are literally being God's hands and feet, his mouth, his money, his encouragement. You are an angel of God to people that you do that for. And you are doing the work of God. You are doing the work of the kingdom. Love. Love is a core value of our church. And I hope that everybody who comes here and everybody who is a part of our family has experienced and continues to experience two things. The love of God personally and the love of his people for you. And I pray that we can get continually get better and better at loving. So let's talk about that. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 22, uh, verses 36 to 40. Teacher, someone came to him and said, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law, in all of the law? And Jesus re- replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then Jesus said, said these words, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus is actually quoting two verses out of the Old Testament. The first one is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So that is from Jesus himself, the greatest commandment in all the law. The other commandment that Jesus is quoting comes from Leviticus 19.18. And I'm going to read the whole verse for you. It says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Leviticus 19.18. That's where that commandment originated from. To love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus said this is the second greatest commandment in all of the scriptures. And if you take these two commandments, to love God with everything you got and to love others like you love yourself, you will fulfill all of the intent of all the other laws because all the other laws hang on these two commands, to love God and to love one another. And that's why we spend so much time at our church trying to just beat the drum of this core value in our own personal lives and challenge each other to continue to learn how to love God more and to love one another. But it all starts with receiving God's love to us. That's the key. We must be filled with God's love if we are to be able to love God back or to love one another. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. We can't love Uh, With human love, it's not good enough. We need God's love, so we need to be filled with His love, and I pray that you are filled with His love today. At the end of this message, I'm going to give you a chance to do just that. If you haven't yet accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you will reach out today to be filled with God's love, because it'll change your life forever. As we continue to talk about love, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. So why are these the greatest commandments in all the scripture, because God is love. This is the very essence and nature of God himself. This is what God has revealed to us about himself. 
And so the very nature of God being love is the highest and the purest way for us to represent God, for us to worship God, and for us to serve God, is to embody love, love. And so I want to talk about what it means to be a disciple briefly, because in the Bible, it talks about how we're called to be disciples of Jesus. And a disciple is someone who becomes like their teacher, or in our case, like our rabbi. Jesus is our rabbi. He's our teacher. He's our master. He's our Lord. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Son of God. He is the promised Messiah. And he has called us to become his disciples, okay? And so as a rabbi or a teacher or mentor commits to teaching or molding or shaping his students, the idea is for those students to become like him. So when Jesus, our rabbi, invites us to become his disciples, and he says to us today, follow me, just like he did to those when he was walking on the earth. He said, come and follow me. So he invites you and me to follow him today, and we are to follow him to become like him. This is what the Bible says in Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That is, to be like Jesus. That's exactly what the word Christian means. A Christ-like one. A little Christ. Someone who looks like Christ or Jesus. Okay? And that's who we are. And so, let's just talk about this for a second. There's three things I want to point out what that, that what is understood about becoming a disciple. Okay? Number one, that means I am learning to think like my master. So the Bible says, I got to transform my thinking. I need to think like Jesus. Okay? Number two, I am learning to do like my master. So I am going to behave. I'm going to have uh, the same mannerisms, the same values. I'm going to do what my master does. I'm going to think like my master, and I'm going to do like my master. And thirdly, to be a disciple, it means this. It implies this, that I'm learning to become like my master, become like him. Not just think, not just do, but to literally become like him. So this is what Jesus says is a sign that I'm becoming like him. You ready? The litmus test for discipleship is one word. John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus said the litmus test for us becoming his disciples. You know, when, we, when, he, when the world will recognize that we are Christians when they see his love in our lives. This is the key to the kingdom. Love is the key to the kingdom. This is, God is love. Jesus said love is the most important thing. And God showed his love to us. And then he commissions us to love one another as he loved us. This is huge. That's why we spend so much time talking about love and trying to love. Okay. So love is the number one and number two all-time commands of God. And in fact, all the commands are generated from the motive of love. When Jesus said all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, what he's saying is, I visualize in my closet, I have a hanger. And on my hanger, that hanger hangs on my pole in the closet, but on that hanger, there's like 50 ties. They're all like piled over top and hanging over this hanger. And all of those ties to me looks like these little commands in the Bible. And the Bible says all of the other commands in the Bible all hang on or depend on these two commandments, which is loving God and loving one another. In other words, every command in the Bible that you find, the motive for that command is motivated by either loving God 
or loving your neighbor. And that's why Jesus said, hey, it's this simple. If you have love for God and love for someone else, you will fulfill the law because it's all about love. It's not about religion. It's not about duty. It's about experiencing God's love and then returning that love to him and to the people around us. It's pretty awesome. And so this is where religion has gone wrong. Wherever religion and this Pharisees of old have disconnected the motive of love from the commands of God, it becomes burdensome, controlling, oppressive, and skewed in an unhealthy way. It's religion. But when love is at the center of all of this, then there is a flow and a hunger and a desire and a life that comes from the benefit of all of these laws, right, that God has for us that actually are for our best interests. And so that's why we stress at the Lamb of God family that we are, you know, we are pursuing a relationship with God, not a religion to try to get to God. And uh, that kind of goes with last week's message. But here's what Paul had to say about the importance of love. Listen to this, the difference between being really good at religion versus knowing God and having his love flowing in our hearts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30 through 13, verse 3 says, And now I will show you the most excellent way, Paul says. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, If I can do these incredible things, these incredible spiritual gifts, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just making noise, Paul says. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, I know everything there is to know. I'm the smartest person on the earth. I have divine insight into all the mysteries of the world. If I'm that smart and that uh, intellectually you know, advanced, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, like supernatural power and miracles flow through my life, but have not love, Paul says, I am nothing. Counts for nothing. This is amazing what he is saying. And the third time's a charm here. Paul is driving this point home in a third different way, and he says, if I give all I possess, everything I have to the poor, Surrender my body to the flames. I become a martyr for my faith. I die. I pay the ultimate price of dying for my faith. But have not love, Paul says, I gain nothing. Do you see the importance of love? This is not about religion. This is not about being good at religion. This is about having the love of God in our hearts, transforms us, And then the love of God, the love of God comes out of us. That's all this is. That's what Jesus was doing and modeling and teaching to us. He didn't come to give us a religion. He came to give us his love. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave what? He gave himself, his son. Do you see? He gave himself. That's the love of God. And that's the same love that God will create and move in our hearts for one another. Love is the number one character quality associated with God. Love is the number one descriptive quality that Jesus associates with being his disciple. We will spend the entirety of our lives trying to grow our capacity to house the love of God and to give the love of God, to release the love of God. This is our number one emphasis on planet Earth, is to live loved and then to live loving other people. Hebrews 6.10 has an amazing 
reassurance for all of us who are wondering, does it really matter when we do all these acts of love? It says here, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. In other words, God credits you loving him when you love other people. That's what that says. When you love other people, God credits that you are loving him. That's how important it is to God. And it reminds me of the story or the the parable that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 25 about the end times and the sheep and the goats. And in this story, you want to be a sheep. And this is what God said to the sheep, okay, in, in verse 34 to 40. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, answer him Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty, <clears throat> excuse me, and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger, invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? When, we don't remember these things. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whenever, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Isn't that amazing? Love is action. And Jesus is saying when we love one another, and we're doing things that, you know, that are inconvenient and hard, we're doing them for one another, we're actually doing them unto Him. Unto Him. Love is sweaty. Love is costly. Love is inconvenient. Love is intrusive. Love is sacrifice. Love is tough, right? But love is transformative. Love is healing. Love is needed. And love is powerful. And love is glorious. And God is love. His love is in you and is just screaming to get out of you to those all around you. That's the church. That's who we are. Our memory verse for this week is Matthew 25, 40. I really want you to think about this. When he says to us, truly, I tell you, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I hope you remember that when it's hard, when it's tough, when it's inconvenient. Just keep loving because you're loving God. You're loving him. I also want to just celebrate what God has been doing in our lives this past year. You know, love is the key to the kingdom. And before I do a quick little uh, review of, of what God has done in our, in our church this last year, I do want to remind you of a Hebrew word that I taught a few weeks ago, several weeks ago. And the Hebrew word for love is ahava, ahava. It's four letters. Okay? And in the center, the two letters in the center, have, ah, have, ah, have means to give. So ahava, in the center of ahava, the word for love, is the word give. 
The first letter is Aleph, which represents God the Father. And the last letter, He, represents grace, the grace of God. And so it's really, if you break this down into the letters and that middle word, it means God the Father gives grace. That's love. That's the definition of love. God the Father giving grace. And, and what is the epitome of, of that gift of grace? Jesus. So it's God giving us Jesus. Jesus giving us himself. Jesus laying his life down for you and for me. And he said, there's no greater love than this, that one would lay his life down for his friends. And I call you my friends. And God has shown us and demonstrated to us what love really is. Love is giving oneself to someone else. And he gave us this powerful challenge. Jesus says, I challenge you. I give you a new commandment to love one another, not just as yourself, like Leviticus 19.18 says, but now I'm challenging you to do something even greater than loving someone as yourself. I'm challenging you to love one another as I have loved you. Wow. So we're not going to just love like we love ourselves. Now we're challenged to give our life away to others. That's what love is. That's an incredible challenge. And I just want to celebrate with you and take a few minutes just to remind you of how love is, is kind of lived out uh, in the Lamb of God family, how we do this and what we've been doing uh, out of the motive that God has put into us, the love that God has put into us. First of all, this last year, we were able to give $1,000 to our Teen Challenge uh, in Saginaw to help them and their ministry going forward. And also, as we have in many years past, gave them a Christmas for all of the staff and all of the students because of love. We also this year have been uh, sponsoring uh, Carrie Muncy, who is in Kigali International Christian School. And because of our support, she's able to minister in her giftings as a principal to that school, which is teaching the gospel to hundreds of students. This past year, again, as we have in the past, uh, we've been supporting Christ for India. And in addition to $1,000 a month that we were able to do this year, we also gave extra $3,000 to help the people in India and to reach more souls for the kingdom. Also for Cindy's Hope, just recently, as you know, if you've been with us uh, just for a, a few months, we raised $25,000 to be able to build two new classrooms in a new school in Rwanda to, that's going to impact hundreds of children's lives because Cindy is not just giving them a, a place to learn and get a good education, to have some good food, but also to present the gospel and to raise up these kids to be disciples of Jesus Christ. So love is why we have Celebrate Recovery in this church, because we want to help people where they're at in their struggles and difficulties of life. Love is why we have a youth ministry on Sunday nights, because we're trying to reach young people. And many of these young people don't even go to our church, but we have a love to reach out to them. Love is why we keep reaching out to our choice school here in Montrose to try to help some students many of whom do not have a healthy family structure. And we help provide some of the needs that they have there. Love is why we have provided groceries, gas cards, Walmart gift cards, 
hoodies this past winter, Thanksgiving meals, and a graduation banquet and meal for these students to celebrate their accomplishment with them every year. Love is why we encourage each other to join in life groups because we recognize that we're better together and we need each other and we need to have these kind of relationships for our real journey in life together. Love is why we spend a lot of time and money to host our Easter event, our Light the Night event, our sports and arts camp every summer because we're trying to connect with the community around us, the members, in hopes that some who do not know Jesus will experience the love of God in us and through us and come to know Him through these events. We have stuffed approximately 100,000 Easter eggs in the last 15 years, and we've grilled and handed out nearly 20,000 hot dogs to this community because of love, because of love. Love is why we helped solve a traffic issue at our elementary school years ago by removing the barrier between our property and the elementary school. We built a bridge and we opened our parking lot to the teaching staff so that their parking lot can be easier accessed for the parents. You know, they're dropping their kids off every day. Love is why we've allowed our parking lot to take a beating by the buses and the extra cars every day to, to, for those staff members to, to be able to have a safe place to park and for our parents to be able to have an easier way of getting kids to the school. It's because of love. Love is why our ladies have been serving our teachers an amazing luncheon every year for a dozen years. That's because we think it matters uh, to show people that they matter, to make you know, take time to make some homemade soup and homemade bread and homemade cookies. And we've been doing that for a long time for our local schools and teachers. Love is why we're doing Soup to Go and Trivia Nights because it's going to help us send some of our very own to go to Africa to inspire and love and serve hundreds of children through Cindy's Hope. I mean, it's great. It's a great adventure for our people, but our people are going there to, to spread love and to, to be a blessing to those children. Love is why we've been supporting Christ for India for over 30 years. And because even though we have not met the people that we're supporting, one day we will meet them in heaven. That's why we do this. You may occasionally pay for a drive through of the person behind you. Why? Because you love. We love Love is why maybe you take a deep breath and don't honk like crazy and flip, your, flip the bird to someone who pulls in front of you on the road. Love is why maybe you take the time to call someone on your mind to encourage them. Love is why you pray for those that God puts on your heart to pray for. Love is why you serve on the worship team or the youth team or the children's team or the security team or the greeter team or the care team or the funeral team or the meals team or the CR team or as a life group leader. Or on our special events teams like Easter or Light the Night or our Sports and Arts Camp or our EXO Conference. You are making a difference when you love. That's what this church is all about. Experiencing the love of God and then freely giving that love away. I want to encourage you to continue to give yourself away. That is what love is all about. Laying our life down. That's the only thing that matters in this world is that God wants to love people through you. Open your heart to receive that love today and let Him flow through you because that's what changes the world.
Before I close this message, I want to do what I said I was going to do, and that is pray with everybody who's watching who wants to get right with God and experience the love of God. I got to tell you, for a long time, I was a Christian and did not know the love of God. Yes, I, I said that. I was a Christian and did not know the love of God. I was so wrapped up in religion, so wrapped up in trying to do the right things and not do the wrong things that I wasn't experiencing the love of God. And when I was 33 years old, I had an encounter with God that radically changed my life. And for the first time, I just felt the love of God just flood into me. As soon as I surrendered my religion, my self-righteousness, my pride, all of my effort, and I realized that God just loved me as I was, it totally changed my life. And I want to just offer that invitation to you today. I don't know where you're at, what's going on in your life, but if you're weary, tired, broken down, or even just really tired and sick of religion, I want to invite you to invite Jesus into your heart, to surrender your heart to Him, and He will fill you with love that will transform you from the inside out. And if that's your, your desire, then I ask you to pray, pray, this prayer, pray this prayer with me right now as we just give our hearts to Him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love us. And thank you, Lord, that you love each one right here who is listening and watching uh, this, this program. And God, we come to you because we need you. And I, I just thank you for each one who's watching. And now, Lord, would your love enter our hearts? Jesus, we receive you today as our Lord and Savior. We receive your love, your joy, your peace. Lord, thank you for forgiving us of our sins and never giving up on us, never wavering, that your love has never given up. And Lord, you love us just as we are. God, as we offer our hearts to you today, I pray that your love would just fill us to overflowing, that we might have that river of living water to flow out to other people as well. Lord, may the Lamb of God Fellowship just prosper in our ability, God, to experience your love and to give your love freely in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. It's been an awesome series. Hope this has been encouraging to you. I want to pray a blessing on you as always. Love you guys. I miss some of you. I haven't seen some of you in a while, but I trust you're doing well. Hang in there and uh, we're better together. So let's get back together as soon as we can. Okay. Uh, for Easter, I will say this, uh, this coming Easter, we will be having two services on April 4th at 9 and 11, because we do think it'll be a little bit bigger of a Sunday for us. But other than that, our services is only one service on Sundays at 10 a.m. So as soon as you feel safe to come, uh, 10 a.m. is our service time on Sundays, okay? So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom in his name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.